TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520 with 50,000 watts of clear channel power reaching 17 states and much of Canada. We have with us today a man who's been involved in government and politics and education for decades. A tremendous role model. In fact, I was with Congressman Tom Reynolds and he was speaking highly of Anthony Cassell yesterday. He is commissioner of the New York State Board of Elections, a bipartisan agency responsible for the administration and enforcement of all laws relating to elections in New York State. Tony Casale has over 50 years of experience in government, politics, business, and higher education in New York, Florida, Delaware, Washington, D.C., and globally. He was a member of the State Assembly from 79 to 95. He served on key committees and held leadership positions as Deputy Minority Whip and Chairman of the Assembly Republican Conference. Uh, really a good role model for all of us, uh, someone who leaders of the Republican Party admire and follow. Let's talk about uh, Trump. Uh, he's had a lot of headaches as of the taping of this show on June 14th, Flag Day. And um, I'm just wondering if the arrest, the indictment, if this is going to help him. It seems like he's raised a lot of money in the polling. He's about 30 points ahead of DeSantis. And I think in some polls, he's ahead of Biden, 4 to 7%. Uh, Can Trump win to get back in the White House? Anthony J. Casale. Brian, uh, I long believed that six months is an eternity in politics. I don't think anybody can safely predict what's going to happen six months from now, let alone a year from now. Um, It's obvious that that, uh, former President Trump has a lot of support around the country and in almost every state, including New York. But I really don't know how the American people will react down the road once um, this matter is adjudicated, whether whether for the good or for the bad. Uh, I think the thing that's energizing people now, and whether you like or dislike Mr. Trump, whether you agree or disagree with what he does, I think people are concerned about what I call selective enforcement. 
Why is it that he has been indicted, but others who've done similar acts have not been indicted or even accused of anything? Now, maybe there's more coming down the pike. I don't know. Uh, but um, I think time will tell. Uh, I think also, you know, what part of Trump's success back in 2016 was there were so many Republican candidates that the others started beating on each other, so to speak. They were all sort of the same ilk, and he just stood off in the crowd, and as we know, he uh, worked his way from uh, from the 17 candidates down to, to he being the, the last candidate standing. So I, it's really hard to tell ahead of time. But um, I, I'm more concerned over the fact, you know, one of the things I've been involved with at the State Board of Elections mm-hmm. is encouraging people to get out and vote. And we do a lot in New York to make it easier to vote, and we keep doing more and more. But I don't think, I, I don't think that people don't vote because it's hard to get to the polls or they can't find a ballot or whatever. I think it's because people are generally turned off by the divisiveness in, in this country in our government and in politics. And so I, I, I think there's a combination of factors here. But, but to answer your question, uh, can he win? I think anybody can win at this point. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Hillary Clinton, our former U.S. senator, and where we tape. She probably has been to Buffalo, New York, with her husband a hundred times. And you're talking about selective enforcement, and I think she was even wearing some type of hat about her emails, sort of laughing as if, you know, she got away with it, and she destroyed 33,000 emails, destroyed her phones, uh, and of course, there were top-secret emails, the Secretary of State going in and out of her house, unprotected, and Comey gave a big speech about how terrible everything was, but she wasn't prosecuted. Well, you know, what about having prosecution for her now? Why why isn't she being indicted and arrested? It seems that she did a lot more because Trump's facility was guarded by the Secret Service and locked, where we see Biden in a garage with papers in the back, and Hillary had no protection of those emails going in and out, where Trump had protection from any public or foreign group? I, I think any, any of this, uh, I think, can be labeled as, as uh, security issues, but I don't think it rises to the level of treason or espionage. And that's, that's, I think that's what is bothering people about the current situation. You're right. The Clintons apparently have gotten away with a lot of things, um, uh, allegations even of... of, of uh, murder, if you will. Um, Biden seems to be the Teflon guy and, and his family as well. Uh, these rumors have been going around for years and years. Uh, and if there's any basis to them, someone ought to be investigating it seriously. The fact that he controls the Justice Department, he can, he can argue all day long, well, I don't tell them what to do, but at the, at the end... Well, he's the boss, the though. Isn't he the boss? That's, that's right. Exactly. You can, you can play this game. Well, I, I don't tell them what to do. Come on. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know who's running the government and, and uh, who, who the boss is and who makes the appointments of the attorney general right on down. And you know as well as I do that even at the sub-level, uh, uh, U.S. attorneys and uh, federal marshals, all those jobs are vetted at one point through the White House Political Affairs Office, the White House Appointments Office. So he, he's, he's involved in hiring these people, and yet uh, nobody...
everybody goes after him. Getting back to Clinton, I, I you know, maybe too late. I don't, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on, on those things. Well, they went after Trump with a statute of limitations on that accusation in New York City, 25 that's years. That's right. So if they went after without a statute of limitations on the supposed rape, but the woman who said she was raped, she didn't know what year she was raped. That's right. No, there's, there's a lot. I mean, let's face it. When you are a high-profile public figure, you are susceptible to all kinds of, of issues, uh, including allegations, whether 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 true or not, uh, rumors, innuendo. There's just too much of that. But again, all of this adds up to going back to what I was saying before. It all adds up to the fact that the American people are fed up. If you walk down this little town of Cooperstown, Main Street, where I am, or the city of Buffalo, and you ask five people in a row, uh, what do you think about the indictments? What do you think about this? They may have an opinion. But what they want to talk about is the economy. Do they have a job? Are they able to feed their families? Do they have a roof over their heads? Uh, Can they educate their kids? And will their kids have a future here? Politicians should be looking at those kinds of issues right now and solving problems both in Albany and in Washington, as far as I'm concerned. Well, that brings us to the question, do you think this is done on purpose, the the situation with this 25-year-old rape trial in New York and now an indictment when they could have taken Trump to court and sued him for these documents. Do you think this is done on purpose as a deflection so people don't talk about no southern border, uh, a horrible economy with 7% inflation, and uh, $4.65 a gallon gasoline? These are all diversionary tactics, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. It diverts attention from the real issues of the day. The fact that, that uh, the Speaker of the House and the President were able to come together on the debt reduction, the, the debt ceiling issue, and some, some cuts shows that when they want to, they can come together. We need more Ronald Reagans and Tip O'Neills running this government. So people come together. People want compromise, people want civility in government, they want progress. They don't want everything stymied by accusations, false claims, and 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 all these all these uh, legal actions that are being being brought. It's all diversionary, and or a possible some prosecutor someplace trying to make a name for himself or herself. We'll ask one more question before uh, we take a break. Uh, in the polling, uh, as I mentioned, Trump is ahead of Biden, uh, four to seven percent. He's 30% ahead of uh, DeSantis. Do you think the Democrats are doing this on purpose because they know that Trump can win the election at the voting booth, so they're trying to defeat him in court? Is that the truth, Tony Casale? I, I don't know. I, I Probably. But I, I would dare say that no matter who the front runner was today, and if Trump were not the front runner tomorrow, they'd be going after the next guy. Uh, Democrats generally, and I know here in New York State, uh, can't win elections fairly, so they'll do everything they can to uh, to, to work around the process. They do, they're doing that with the election law in New York State. They're making all kinds of changes to benefit political needs as opposed to uh, the interests of the citizenry. 
For those who just tuned in, we're talking to a political uh, expert for decades in the state of New York, Anthony J. Casale. He is now the commissioner of the New York State Board of Elections, former assemblyman, and he served in the administration of popular New York State Governor George Pataki. If you're listening in Buffalo, Cooperstown, Montreal, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you as this station has received letters as far as Scandinavia and New Zealand. Please write to Brian Rusk, Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always read cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A plug here, Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal newspaper has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores for home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our recent guest, business leader and entrepreneur Bernie Marino from Ohio. Amanda Dale, head of the Bracebridge, Ontario Chamber of Commerce and former ambassador to the European Union and Belgium, Ronald Gidwitz. Coming up, we're having the man who's putting in a bid to buy CNN. John Katsimatidis will be on this program next week, and he's trying to make that a bipartisan network. He's offered to work for $1 a year as the owner of CNN. A little more information about Anthony J. Casale. He served as chairman of the New York State Liquor Authority from 95 to 98 with responsibility of all licensing and enforcement functions across the state. He is currently a commissioner of the New York State Board of Elections, a bipartisan agency responsible for the administration and enforcement of all laws relating to elections in New York State. Let's talk about this proposal that Congressman Langworthy says takes away the control from local citizens and local governments. They're trying to have even-year elections where we cannot have odd-year local elections. Um, it's said that this is done on purpose by the Democratic Party, knowing they get a higher turnout on presidential years, and they want more Democrats to elect more people to local offices, taking away in upstate New York the strength and control of local governments by Republicans and conservatives. Your opinions on that, this Anthony well, J. Casale? Well, obviously, Congressman Langworthy hit, hit, hit the nail on the head as far as the political <coughs> motivation, but the rationale behind it is totally flawed. First, they claim it's going to save money. I only have elections in even-numbered years. However, we still have to have elections for the constitutional offices of county clerk, sheriff, and district attorney. We still have to have election of judges every year because some judges term out and some judges age out every every year. Uh, so I, I don't know what they're accomplishing. It's not going to do away with an election in the, in the odd-numbered years. So the amount of administration is the same. Every time there's an election in New York State, we have the same number of polling places, 
requiring the same number of inspectors, the same number of, 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 of rental uh, properties that we have to use for Election Day. So I, I have no idea what they're trying to do. It's ridiculous, and I think that we'll be taking a more serious action as far as uh, approaching the governor on this in, in the near future. Uh, makes no sense whatsoever. They say it's going to in- increase voter turnout. Well, if you have a, long, a longer ballot, it's going to take more time for each voter to vote, meaning the lines will be longer. If you have a longer ballot, uh, there's, a me- there's mechanical issues about getting this stuff properly processed through, uh, through the machines that we have. Uh, and if you have a longer ballot, history has proven, if you look at the record, that when people vote, going from the top of the ticket, whether it be president or governor, right on down to local offices, there's, there's a fall-off as you go down from left to right. So as a result, there'd be less people voting for those local offices. So I have no idea what they're trying to do. They don't make, it doesn't make sense. The, uh, the people who control the state legislature currently in New York have used the election law. Uh, it's kind of a, it's made a, have made a moving target out of it. They've made change upon change upon change, some of which is valid, but a lot of it is either questionable or illogical. And they have no idea what they're doing as far as uh, long-term because they don't listen to these experts. And I would dare say that across the state there are probably Democrat election commissioners at the local level who agree that this is not a good idea. However, because of party affiliation and party pressure, they're, uh, they're reluctant to speak out. Um, I, just, I think it's a ridiculous proposal. makes no sense whatsoever. Well, isn't it just a political grab? They already control the state legislature and the governor's office, so now they're trying to get all the local offices. Isn't that what it really well, is? Way, it should be. They, not all. They might be able to make inroads into offices like county legislature and town offices, but it doesn't apply to the cities, for example. It doesn't apply to the offices of county clerk, district attorney. So it, 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 it's not all... They're not even going to get all the offices, so to speak. And it makes no sense unless this is a prelude to doing more and more down the road. But, you, but, but you, if you put all of the elections into every other year, it's going to make a total mess on the part of our boards. We have enough trouble now finding suitable locations and finding enough poll workers and inspectors to work, to work on Election Day. They're going to make it worse. They're going to make it mechanically worse. They don't listen to the experts. I do not believe they consulted. I know they didn't consult the the board of the state board of elections. I'm sure they did consult local commissioners. Before you pass legislation in Albany, no matter what industry it affects, no matter what business it affects, you ought to ask the people in the field how they feel. They never held public hearings on this thing. They just rammed it right through. Well, it seems like it's taking power away from the people instead of giving power to the people. You got it. For those who just tuned in, we're talking with a very knowledgeable man who's been the higher echelons of politics, business, higher education, Anthony J. Casale, Commissioner of the New York State Board of Elections. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, Cooperstown, or Toronto, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk. Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about Anthony J. Casale. 
From 2010 to 2019, Anthony Casale was senior advisor to the chairman of the New York State Republican Committee. He's been a delegate or official at four national conventions and has managed campaigns at the federal, state, and local level. From 98 to 2006, Anthony Casale was vice president of Lynn University in Boca Raton, Florida. Very gifted statesman and diplomat, Anthony J. Casale. Let's talk about Governor George Pataki. You worked for him, and he's been doing a wonderful job of going to the Ukraine several times in humanitarian missions, bringing generators, modular housing, uh, risking his life to go help the people of the Ukraine. Let's talk about the character of former Governor George Pataki. Activities in Ukraine do not surprise me. The governor is a very passionate, compassionate person. He's he's a caring person, and uh, I know from past experience talking with him and, and, and discussing his family background. You know, he, he's a his, half of his family. His father's side is um, is of Hungarian origin, and he remembers very vividly sitting in the living room with a very small little black and white TV with his grandfather watching the revolution back in the 50s. And uh, that, that, I think that was ingrained in him, that it, it, when, when a country or a people are oppressed uh, and, and are uh, under siege, they need all the help that we can give them. And that's what he's doing in Ukraine. I give him a lot of credit for this. He's a, he's a very compassionate guy. He stayed very involved in, in um, those issues. He's very involved in environmental issues still. Uh, I have a great deal of respect for him. He's, he's, he's my friend, but he's also been my colleague. And I, I, I'm not surprised at what he's doing at all. I think it's great. Yeah, wonderful man. Big heart, big tall guy with a big heart, Governor George Pataki. Let's talk about his successor, Kathy Hochul. When she was a congresswoman, she was pro-gun. Now she's anti-gun. She's gone far to the left on cashless bail, now uh, talking about reparations, uh, she's gone far left. Uh, what happened to Governor Kathy Hochul? What, I don't know what happened to her, but obviously it's it's the same pattern as, as another statewide figure, our, our U.S. Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. Yeah, yeah. She was a congresswoman in my backyard and uh, was a pretty moderate, pretty pretty sensible person. Uh, she belonged to what was called the Blue Dog Democrats at the time, and. Uh, seemed like she was trying to, you know, be right down the middle. I, mm-hmm. I don't know much about Governor Hochul. I, I really don't know her well personally. I, I remember her campaigns, obviously, for Congress. Um, what happened, I think, is that the, the, under the pressure. Hey, look, look at what's happening in the state legislature. The progressives have come in and taken over. You know, the state, the state uh, legislature at one time, uh, especially, especially in the assembly, was a little bit more moderate in some things. Um, they have to appease a small number of people. Uh, look at some of the votes and some of the controversial issues, and you'll see a lot of Democrats not voting with the progressives. Now, they still have enough people in their house that they could pass legislation. But a lot of the upstate Democrats in the state legislature that I know, especially in the Assembly, uh, do not follow that path. They don't. They don't necessarily vote for all of the highly progressive liberal legislation uh but the governor obviously uh 
look, looks and looks around the state and figures I've got to go along to get along, and I think she's wrong. And I and I don't know who's who's advising her, but I think that um, I don't think she has learned how to maneuver the levers of power that are given to her. Our governor in this state has tremendous powers over appointments, over the budget. Uh, I'm not sure if she's learned how to use those levers or if she's afraid to do so. I, I really I really can't comment further because I don't know her well at all. I don't know what she, I don't know her people that well. I don't know how she how she's thinking or how she's being advised. Let's talk about New Yorkers fleeing. You have people fleeing California, and in New York State, Mr. Katsimatidis talks about 480,000 working, tax-paying people leaving New York State in the last couple of years. While 200,000 refugees have come in, not paying taxes. What about the people fleeing, uh, taxpayers, working people, leaving New York State for Florida, Texas, the Carolinas, Tennessee? I know a lot of them personally, uh, friends of mine. I know a lot of people. I mean, you, you, you drive around small towns in upstate New York in the summertime, and you see a lot of people you know who are from this area who may still have property here, uh, driving cars with Florida license plates. And when you, when you inquire, you discover, well, I'm only here three months. I'm a Floridian now, and I don't pay income tax. I pay less sales tax. I pay less property tax uh, than I do in New York. So what they've done, and, and the people I'm talking about are people of means, people who are either still working or have investments, who would be taxpayers? We've we've lost the taxpaying base in the state. We've we've taxed them out of the state, and so we've bitten our nose despite our face. Instead of getting some tax revenue from these people, we get no tax revenue at all because they're not here. And and you're right. They go, and I and I have friends that have gone to North Carolina, to South Carolina. Um, it's it's amazing to me that no one. I mean. They've got to understand, or at least they have to see it if they don't understand it, that people running state government these days, they're driving the taxpayers out. What, what did Jack Kemp used to say? When, when you subsidize something, you get more of it, and when you tax something, you get less of it? Right. Well, we've taxed income and savings, and we subsidize non-work and, uh, and laziness. Yeah, let's look at the trend. It looks like New York State is dependent on uh, drug sales, gambling, instead of manufacturing, industry, banking. Isn't this a sad trend? It's a very sad trend. Well, the sad part about it is you know, they, they created this marijuana, uh, uh, legalization of marijuana and creation of dispensaries around the state. And yet they can't get them up, up, up and operating. They can't handle the licensing and the and the uh, administration of it. it. It's an absolute joke. So what's happened? We have all these illegal sales going on. These right here in my backyard, up in the uh, Mohawk Valley, they they just arrested a couple of store clerks and for illegal distribution of, of uh, sales of marijuana. So the crooks are selling it, but the honest people aren't because the state has been derelict in getting its act together on on the licensing program. I can't quite figure it out. You're right. Sad commentary. We've learned a great deal from a veteran of New York State government, business, and higher education in New York, Florida, Delaware, Washington, D.C., and around the globe, Anthony J. 
Casale. He is commissioner of the New York State Board of Elections. Also, special thanks to Kevin Carr, director of production for the past 15 years. Thank you for enlightening us about New York State and politics across the country. Anthony J. Casale. Have a great week. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.